This is so exciting. Come on in and find a seat. There's more seats back there by the sound booth. Patrick and Cody do not bite. Well, no, they don't. Front row girls are the best. I'm going to hand out candy later. Yay! All right, I am going to prep. Yeah, you get candy. It's good. You should come. I'm going to pray, and we are going to get started, okay? Father God, this is so exciting. Um, gosh, you're going to show off. I just know it. I just know you're going to do that. And so, Lord, um, I'm excited, and I thank you in advance for what's going to happen. Um, Lord, you knew every person that's sitting in these chairs, even when we didn't know, you knew that they would be here today. There is purpose in why they're here Lord, um, we pray that even from the very beginning, from the first words of this study, that we can come to know you in a deeper way. Ultimately, that's all we're looking for, Lord. Um, and in the midst of this time in our lives, in this time, in this world, and hard things like floods and, and just things that are unexplainable, thank you that you leave us truth that we can turn to to know you better. Um, make things clear. Make yourself known. And we thank you for this awesome day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first of all, I'm Chris Murphy, and I'm, we're doing the Bible study for Ecclesiastes. So if, if I just prayed you all in and you're in the wrong place, awkwardly stand up and dismiss yourself. No. I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm glad that we tricked you into somehow coming and being here with us today. It's going to be so Cool. Um, how many people, just to be real awkward real quick, how many people are doing a Rock Point Women's Bible Study for the first time today? Holy cow! All right, I'm going to warn you, like no joke, if you sit in the front, I will probably give you candy because I always feel like everybody won't sit in the front. So just a little note, just a side note, just to note that. Um, we're glad you're here, and I don't know where you came from or how you got here, but we're glad. Um, and so today, the way this day looks, it's a little different than the rest of the weeks. This day, we meet here first, and then I'm going to go over some stuff and talk about a little bit of background, and then I'm going to dismiss you to the really fun part. And that's when you're going to go off to your small group. So in the next weeks, the following weeks, you will start in your small group classroom. And so your leaders will reiterate that again. But if you get lost, no problem. I'm usually, Cody and I, we're going to be wandering around in this room. And we'll tell you where to go. But in the next week, and the next week, and the next week, the next 10 weeks, you go to your small group first. Okay? All right. Well, welcome. Let me ask you this. Before anybody even does anything at all, I want you all to tell me, do you have one of these things? You got a book? You got a book? You got a pen? Open the front cover of your book right this very minute and write your name and your phone number. Because I promise you this, you're going to be working hard and you don't want to lose this bad boy, okay? Don't write your friend's name. Don't try to trade books. So write your name on the inside cover. Did everybody get a little piece of paper that says welcome? Did that come with your book? Awesome. We're going to hit that in just a minute. So once you've got your name written, once you've made sure you got a welcome page, raise your hand if you don't, and Susan or Becky or someone back there with authority will give you one. Um, I want to go over a couple little loose ends before we get right into some of the, the paper that you have there, okay? Um, a couple quick things. I introduced myself, I'm Chris Murphy, and for some reason, I have no idea why, Don Leith, who is our women's ministry director, has entrusted me with teaching us Bible stuff. Really, truly. You want to talk about, if you don't, let me just say this. If you're not sure if there's a God... Let me promise you, there is. Because if somebody trusts me to do this, that means God must be doing something. Because I'm just a person with a big mouth and a microphone. Are you happy you're here? Welcome. <laughs> Lots of authority going on up here. Like I mentioned, Dawn Leith, you probably saw her. She's super official looking with a computer. And I'm sure she has a name tag. And she's dressed nicely. Oh, there she is. Hey, wave. She's our women's ministry director. So if you have any complaints or problems, you just go, go find her. I mean, you won't, but whatever. Um, 
I also want to acknowledge a couple other folks who are going to be your best friends. Okay, not only are y'all going to become best friends, because you totally are, I promise you, you're going to be like new best friends. You're going to go like to lunch, and you're going to have all your kids running around. It's going to be so fun. But there's some people that are really going to be your best friends. Small group leaders, I don't, don't, it, you better be obedient. Stand up, please, if you're a small group leader. Thank you. Stand up if you're a sub, an assistant small group leader. Thank you. These are your new best friends, okay? They're your new best, yes, you can clap for them because we want them to stay, so we clap for them. We love them. You love them because in a minute you're gonna understand I put them in a position to be a bad guy sometimes and it's, they don't wanna be the bad guy. In fact, they all told me they're gonna make me the bad guy. So I just want you to love on them and support them because what you see today, you, you guys, some of y'all know me, I cry sometimes. What you see today, what they're gonna do today is they're gonna lead you in discussions and you're gonna have you know, meet each other and you're gonna talk about your favorite shoes and all the fun little things. But what you don't know is they have been praying over you. They have been praying over you and they will be praying over you and they love you. Can't pray for people and not love them. They already love you. And so just know that God chose these people specifically for you, specifically for us. And so they are doing his work and it's cool and they love you guys. Um, and they are the good guys. I am the bad guy. So be good to them, okay? Pat them a lot. Tell them you love them. Bring them candy. That'd be probably pretty good. <laughs> Check and see if they're gluten-free or I don't know, whatever. A um, couple quick little things before we look at these papers, because that's my job is to kind of go over some housekeeping. Then I'm going to give us a little bit of background about what we're about to study. And then you get to go do fun stuff, okay? So a couple little loose ends. I couldn't figure out a better way to, to group them up, but I wanted to make sure you knew this. Um, how many people have their kiddos in childcare? I am so glad you're here. You can, it's okay. If you fall asleep during large group, I will not say anything. <laughs> because bless your sweet little hearts. I mean, it's big, right, to have childcare? I'm with you. I've been there. Um, I just want to remind you, we love babies. We love kids. But we don't want them in the classroom. Okay? Here's the deal. Um, <laughs> was that sweet enough? Oh, what? She's leaving. She's out. <laughs> She quits. Here's what happens. I know that it's hard, especially when you have a newborn and you're nursing. We have a nursing room back in the childcare area. If you're not aware about aware of that, talk to Margot. Um, but here's the thing: we want this to be two hours for God to talk to you. Two hours for you to not be distracted. You're ba- okay. I'm gonna tell you something now, little young mommies. Just bear with me, okay? Seriously, they're gonna be okay. Okay, they're going to be okay. I have two that um, are old now, like high school and stuff and college. And guess what? They made it through childcare. They did two hours and sometimes they cried a lot. And I ask them all the time, you remember that time in childcare at Bible study and you cried the whole time and then you threw up and, the, and they go, no, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Okay, but I wanted to tell you, they are in good hands. Margo and her team are amazing. But if they, um, if you run into something and you need to go be with them, then by all means, take off and go be back there with them. But we're going to ask you not to bring them in the classroom. We want you fully, fully engaged. Plus, your group's probably going to have a bunch of grandmas. And they're going to want to take that baby and carry that thing around. And then it just it messes everything up. Okay, enough said. No babies in the classroom, please. 24-hour fever policy. Um, we're all familiar with that sort of thing. If you have any questions about childcare, if you have a random weird day where your school kid is out and they need to come, don't skip. Text, I mean, email Margot and talk to her because a lot of times she has room because we have a homeschool room. And so if you have a school age kiddo, they could probably just come if you just let her know. So if you have children in the childcare thing, you need to write this down because this is an important email. It's Margo, M A R G O at rpcstaff.org. And remember before when I said your small group leaders are saints and you should give them candy and pat them on the back and stuff? Like you need to bow down and like, yo, those childcare ladies are incredible, incredible. So love them well, okay? Our class will follow the LISD schedule. I know that that's different than DISD and Argyle, whatever, AISD. So just pay attention to LISD if they have weird things going on. A lot of times weather, stuff like that, that's where it's really going to come into play. Know this, if we have a delay or a cancellation because of weather or something like that, 
your small group leader is going to email you or call you or text you. We will do our very, or like if a random tornado touches down, say, hypothetically. <laughs> that happened last semester. It was totally, yeah. Um, but we got the word out pretty quickly. So just be aware that um, if there's weird weather, just watch your email and watch the LISD um, announcements. Oh, also, this is important. Um, so I'll go over a little bit how the class schedule is going to work in a minute. But just so that you know, every week you'll meet in small group. You'll dismiss and have a little bathroom break and coffee and refill and everything. Come in here, hang out a little bit. And then we'll start into this part, the large group time. And it's going to com be comprised of two parts, not just me. So sorry, I don't talk the whole time. Isn't that great news? So I'm going to have one little thing happens. I'll explain that in a minute. And then lecture. Every week we record it. Okay? We don't videotape it. We record it on audio. So the beautiful thing is you can go to our Podbean page, and I'll give you that link, and you can listen if you miss. And it's kind of awesome because then you can still stay up to speed, okay? We also have an evening class, and right now it's really, really full, but later in the semester, sometimes there's a little space. If you guys want to come see the lecture live, we do it again in the evening, um, and we can tell you more about that. Your small group leader can tell you more about that. The link for the lecture, write this inside your book is a good place for it because I can't tell you how many times I get asked this. Okay, it's RPC Women. RPC, like Rock Point Church. rpcwomen.podbean.com. rpcwomen.podbean.com. Your leaders will have that link too, and they can resend that out to you if you need it, okay? All right. With that, okay, wait, is Becky in here? Okay, now she's in here. So remember how I announced all the small group leaders and said they're your best friends? Well, I got two other groups of people I need to say really quick that they're also going to be your best friends. Um, we have Becky back here, Becky Hayes. She is our RHP, and what that means is that's short for right-hand person. Chris, Chris needs a lot of those, actually, but Becky is my right hand. Yes, dear. She is also a really nice person, yes. Becky is our RHP, and so she is the person, if you want information, like sometimes people come to me on Wednesday morning, and they're like, hey, I have a question, because we'll do like donation drives or whatever, and they come to me, and they ask me like a question where I have to actually answer it, and like have information, and I just look at them like, I cannot speak, because I, I don't know, any. they keep all the good stuff from me, because I don't, I can't handle information. If you need information, you talk to Becky. Um, and on your welcome page, which we're going to get to in a minute, is her phone number and her email address. I should have put your, your address and your car make and model. She's pretty accessible. But she is there to be your person. First, we ask that you go to your small group leader when you have questions or have needs. Um, and then most of the groups have a sub or an assistant leader in the room, too. And then is Becky. Lots of information, lots of awesomeness. That's Becky. Um, also, Kathy, where are you? Front row. Stand up, Kathy. Welcome, team. Stand up. I don't care. Stand up. Oh, look at them all in the front row. These are the first faces that you see. I tell them all the time. I can stand up here all day long with a microphone, but the first face that you see can make a difference. And so these girls are here to help when it comes to directing you, welcoming you, getting your name tags printed, all those little tedious things that we forget about, but that these girls don't. So they are here to help. So they're also your best friends. Um, all right, I think about got all those little loose end things. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and move right into this welcome sheet. Pull this paper out. I'm going to, you can all read. Can everybody read? Anybody not read? That would be awkward. <laughs> it's okay if you can't. We have, we're all friends. Um, we're going to look over this really quick. This is my job to just kind of go over this a little bit and then we'll look into our book. So look at that welcome page. You saw before how many sweet, sweet, awesome ladies are here for the first time. Um, I just want to welcome you. 
I want to say thanks. And I want you to know that if you have questions, I joke around a lot, but Becky, me, I may not have the answers, but I can point you to people who do. Um, small group leaders, we're a welcome team. We're all here to help. So if any of this doesn't make sense or you need to understand a little bit more of the why of it, come find us. We'll talk to you about it. Um, because everything, every guideline we have has purpose. Um, and so we want you to know that. Um, there's a couple things we're going to talk about. The participant guidelines, I just want to go over that. Those bullets real quick, we're going to go through those because a lot of that you're going to go over again in your small group. Um, participant guidelines, we're going to do 11 weeks of awesomeness. 11 weeks of Ecclesiastes, it's going to be great. I want you to know this, we will begin and end on time. And those of you who've done our Bible studies before know that it is painful for me sometimes because I'll have to go, and the end. And just because we are going to respect your time. We're going to honor that time. And when we say we're going to begin at 10, we're going to begin at 10, and we're going to end by 12. Sometimes I tell you to run with, with quick, quick feet to get your children very quickly, but we're going to honor that. And so what we ask you to do is honor our leaders' time as well. So know this, and this is where, this is where the leaders like look at me like, oh, my goodness. So at 10 o'clock every day, every, not every day. Well, you can pray at 10 o'clock. That's cool. Do that. Totally recommend it. At 10 a.m. on Wednesday mornings, your small group leaders are going to be in that classroom, and they're going to be praying whether you're there or not. And let me just tell you, as a former small group leader, there is nothing more awkward than being in your room by yourself praying when no one's there. <laughs> Don't do that to them, guys. They're just, they're so sweet. Um, if you could really, really, child care opens at what, like 945? I'm sure that's, I probably just threw that out there. I'm pretty sure that's right. Is that right? Molly's nodding. Who knows? Child care opens at 945. Drop those suckers off as soon as you can. Get some coffee and chill. There's couches, guys, out there. Be in your classrooms at 10. Your leader's going to start at 10. Um, but that said, please know this. I don't know if you've been to other Bible studies before, but in this place, if you're running late, if you're running late and you're going to be late to your classroom, you come anyway, okay? We, we don't shut the doors. We want you to come. Everybody has those mornings. Guys, I have those All of us do. You're going to have one. Please don't not come because you're running late or things got crazy or chaotic because I guarantee you this, this is what is cool about God. A lot of times those chaotic, crazy mornings are the times you need to be here more than any morning. Amen? Do not let the enemy win. When those kiddos are climbing up you and you're barely getting out of your PJs, it's okay. We, hey, man, there's going to be times I'm barely going to be out of my PJs, so we'll be in the same company, but just come, okay? Point made, come, whether you're early or late. But we will begin on time. We will end on time. The next bullet, maintain confidentiality of your group. How many people in here are women? <laughs> Cody and Patrick didn't raise their hand. That was really good. Way to go, guys. They have facial hair. That'd be weird. Good job. Uh-oh. <laughs> and we're off. And it's begun. We are women. Sometimes confidentiality is not our spiritual gift. In this place, hear me, I joke a lot, but I'm serious. In this place, we will be safe with one another. We will take care of each other. We will honor each other, whether we're here or whether we're absent. And so when you hear things, because you will, because this Bible study hits home, guys, I promise, I've done it, I know. There's going to be moments where you may hear something and somebody may be very vulnerable and share something and may regret it, right? Honestly, sometimes we do, right? Please Please understand that we need you to honor that confidentiality. We need to ask you to avoid discussing things that we talk about that are personal in our groups outside of the group. Okay? We do that on our leadership team. I want you to know this. We've, we've had examples before where I've had sweet ladies that are my friends because I know you guys at, at, at large group and you come in here and I had this one lady goes, well, you know, my husband and I, and, and she goes into her story and she's, she goes, you know, and I said, I'm sorry, I don't, in my, I don't know. And she said, well, I shared that in my small group. I assumed my small group leader told you. And I said, no, we don't. We keep confidentiality. and we, Your small group leader has been praying over you. But she doesn't share things 
that you haven't given her permission to share. So I want to assure you of that. On our leadership team, that's the way we're going to roll, and I want to ask you to do the same, okay? Um, keep your answers during small group on topic and brief. Um, okay, your small group leaders are like, they are like fidgeting and twitching right now because like, if you start talking about, like yesterday we practiced and I was that person in the class and I just like took it all off. You know, I went off in some random, oh my gosh, guys, I walked, I found this really cool thing at Target and da-da-da-da-da, started talking about it. Don't be that person because what you have to remember is your small group leader is in charge of shepherding 15-ish ladies. And if, if, if you take the group down a road that's off of what we're supposed, we only have a limited amount of time you're going to make it so hard for her because, number one, she's going to have to tell you to, to be quiet and stop talking about what you bought at Target. And number two, it's going to make the time in that group a lot less valuable because we have awesome things to talk about, and it's all right here. And so we ask you, if you bought something super cool at Target, totally awesome, let's talk about it afterward. At lunch, when you're walking between places, just try to remember to stay on topic and not take it a direction that your poor small group leader is in the fetal position in the corner, trying to redirect. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because I can hear them all talking. Okay, um, respect each other at all times. That kind of goes with our confidentiality. It seems like we shouldn't have to say this, but uh, yeah, so we do. Okay, um, try not to interrupt each other. Try to remember this. Oh, let's try to remember this. Um, how do I do this? Okay. Some people think this about something. <laughs> Some people think this. Some people get baptized and they're fairly submerged. Some people were sprinkled. Some people weren't baptized. Some people don't even know what the heck it's about. Guess what? It don't matter. It don't matter. Let's not try to force down each other's throats to understand and believe the exact same things. Here's what all that matters. We are all here for one purpose. And you know what that is? It's to come to know God in a deeper way through his son, Jesus Christ, through the word of God. That's why we're here. We're going to have differences. Welcome to Flower Mound, Texas. We're all going to have different opinions. We're going to walk in with different backgrounds, and that's beautiful. But please remember, when you walk in, walk in with a spirit of grace and mercy and don't feel like you have to be right. Because guess what? I got news. Sometimes you're not. Is that weird that I just did that? Okay. There's my, there's my respect each other part. Um, bring concerns and questions directly to your small group leader. We ask that we have a very um, specific leadership um, our, our leadership, uh, uh, how do I say that? Chain of command. Chain of command. <laughs> yeah, I just need somebody else to talk for me. Flowchart. Flow chart. Okay, good. Sounds like. Um, it's good. It's inverted. And so what that means is you guys are at the very top. And the next person to catch you is your small group leader. And the next person to catch the small group leader is the RHP. And the next person is me and Dawn. And what we do is we try to catch those who are falling. We, it's like a net, like a safety net. And so what we ask you guys to do is to abide by that and give your small group leader an opportunity to love you and shepherd you well. If you have issues or questions, go to her first. If those issues or questions can't be dealt with, then we go to the RHP, and then we go to Dawn or me and so on. Does that make sense? Okay. I figured it probably did. So her phone number is right there. Um, we added this one, respect and support group placement. <laughs> That's really because I want you guys to know this. Um, small group placement is like, okay, so just imagine like you, had the, you were doing this wedding of like 250 people, and you were in charge of placing everybody at tables. It's, it's, it's hard. It's a difficult puzzle to piece together. But what's beautiful is God unfolds it in a way that was all him all along. And so while we like you guys to give um, requests and you try to be with your friends and try to be together and all those things, we try to honor that as best we can. But ultimately, we pray over it and we ask God to be in charge. Okay, so we ask you to know, to respect it, but also understand that we're not just, we're not just randomly handpicking. We're doing a lot of praying over that. Um, any questions so far? Yay, that's good news. Okay, class environment. 
If you're new to Rock Point especially, I want you to hear me. Um, our number one goal is to provide a safe and healthy environment to study God's word. What does that mean? That means that we are going to stay focused on what unites us, not what divides us, right? Is there a lot of things going on in the world right now that you can think of that are dividing us? Yeah, I mean, there is so much division in this world. This is a place where you can breathe, okay? No Facebook in here right now, right? We're good with that. No, we're all just going to be present and remember that we're here to study God's word. And so what we're going to ask you, and when I say ask you, I kind of mean tell, I pretty, I mean tell you. We're going to tell you. <laughs> no, this is said with love. But remember, I'm the bad cop. They're the good cops. Um, we're going to ask you to not talk in depth about denominations. There are women from different churches and from different backgrounds in this room. And some have a beautiful heritage and history with their church or their denomination. Some do not. I have been in the room with a woman who talked about the denomination that she grew up in and how it destroyed her and it abused her and it was terrible. And then I see a tear streaming down a face and this girl said, that's how I came to know Jesus was that church. So just remember, every chair, every person has a different story. So we try to just avoid going there. We are all here united to study God's word. If you're from another church, bless you. We're glad you're here. Um, but we're not going to get caught in the differences. We're not going to talk about politics. Can I get an amen? amen? I need a louder amen. amen. Thank you. Oh, my heavens. I may just stay here all day. No talking about politics. Um, it's interesting, though. Our, uh, through the course of our study, there will come moments where there may be a question that kind of goes there. And in the course of our study, if the question goes there, that's, we'll deal with that when we get to it, okay? But otherwise, we ask um, that you guys respect the fact that we all have our own opinions and thoughts and that we are here to do what? Thank you. We're just going to keep saying that over and over. We're not going to talk about divorces and marriage and separation. We have single women in this room. We have divorced women. We have widowed women. We have married women. We are all walking a different walk. Don't make assumptions about the girl in the chair next to you. Um, hot button topics. We've expanded. Did y'all notice? People that come all the time. Did you notice we expanded our hot button topics? Um, we're not going to talk about the things that divide us. Uh, unless it's in the course of Scripture, unless it's part of what we're studying, we're not going to go there, okay? And so what I have done is I've given all of the small group leaders full authority to throw stuff at you if you do that. So it'll be awkward and totally weird because these pages, they're sharp. So if they throw them, no, I, they really can't throw stuff at you. And if Lindsay's your leader, she probably will, right? You should, uh, please, please honor that. The reason we do that is because we want to remember, again, you don't know what is going on in the life of the girl next to you. I've seen more Bible studies and groups and friendships broken because of assumptions. Okay? So we're going to stay focused on God's word. The last thing on this page, if you look on the back, all I did there was um, saved your small group leader some time. There's going to be weeks where you have to miss. And so if you do, I would just tape this on the inside of your book, and then you can see, oh, I can't remember which week of homework we're doing this week. If you um, miss on the 27th, you'll see that that week we're studying, um, we'll be doing the Lesson 5 homework. So when you miss, you can stay caught up, and you don't have to um, keep wondering if you're lost. Does that make sense? Also, we'll talk more. Um, one of the fun things we try to do is do little fellowship things where we bring food, because food always makes everything better. Amen? Yeah? Oh, y'all. It does. Um, but you'll get more details about that later. Okay? Did I cover it-ish? Yes. Okay. Now, let's do this. Let's open this book. First thing I want you to do is flip open to the first page that has type on it that's not black that looks like this. And what does it say across the top? Table of contents. Who knows me? Who knows if that's my favorite page of every book and every Bible? Yes. If you have any questions, you can look in the table of contents and see where to go. This, and it also has all the scripture for each week, so hopefully that's um, helpful. So table of contents is there. What we're going to do is flip over to the very next page, that introduction, what to expect. We're going to go through that quickly. What to expect. 
A lot of this stuff I've kind of said, so I'm going to breeze through quickly, but I do recommend that you go back and read this, especially if you're new to Bible study here, just because I want you to understand what, you, what you're getting into, but I want you to understand our approach and kind of the way things are going to unfold for the next 11 weeks. The first thing I want to point out is the class objectives, okay? That's maybe the most important thing um, of the whole Bible study, and here's why. A lot of people walk into a Bible study and think, I'm doing a study on Ecclesiastes. I've never done that before, so I'm totally going to understand it all, and I'm going to get to know Solomon like my best friend, and that's going to be what I go for. That's cool if that's your objective, but I want to tell you our objective. This is our objective. Number one, that you know him better when you leave here, that you know God better. Um, This book is about who? God. You're in it. There's some of you in it, but this is about him. And so when we come to study his word, if you came here today as a self-help class or you're like, I got to get better and I got to be, that is awesome. And you are going to learn things about yourself and you are going to learn ways to improve your life and apply God's word to your life. But the first thing before any of that is you're going to come to know God in a deeper way. That's what we want for you. That's our hope. The second objective is this, that you're going to understand that you don't need a middleman. Okay? You are in a Bible study. You live in Flower Mound-ish, Texas, wherever you live. And you do life here and God knows where you are. And he knows that you can handle his word. Look at each other and say, we can handle this. You so can. It's just Ecclesiastes. No big deal. You'll learn how to spell it. It'll be fine. I, I took me about six months, but I finally got it. It'll be good. So you are going to come to know him in a deeper way, and you are going to come to understand that God's word is for you right now, and you don't need somebody explaining it to you. He's here to talk to you through his son, Jesus Christ. Pretty cool, right? We can, we can all hit those objectives. I believe it. Um, go ahead and turn the page. We're going to look at the study process real briefly. At the top of that page two there, At the top of page two, what we've done is we've kind of adapted what my friend Jen Wilkin does, and I love it. I think it's just the greatest way to approach God's word, and it's basically this. We're going to ask every week, you're going to read some Bible. How about that? Do you know you were doing that when you signed up? You're going to read some Bible. We're going to read God's word. You're going to ask, what does it say? That's the first question, not what does it say about me or how how does it fix me. What does it even say? And Ecclesiastes is going to be interesting very repetitive, and there's a lot of things. It's going to be fun to see what he tells us. What does it say? The second question we're going to answer, attempt to answer, is what does that mean? I've read what it says. Now what does that mean? And the third question that we're going to answer is how should it change me? Now, we live in a world, right, where we want to jump past the first two, don't we? Like, I, I, I'm, I love being on Instagram and having a little scripture meme and posting it with the mountains in the background and stuff. Like, that's totally my jam. I love it. But often, am I right? You guys know what I'm going to say. Often, those scriptures have just been cherry-picked out of God's word and put on a pretty background. And we call that devotional or we call it whatever. And then we move on. And I don't even know what the context. I don't even know who wrote it. I don't know when it was written. I don't know who it was written to. I don't know what was going on. I just know it looks pretty. So we're not going to be those people. We're going to be the people that read it. What does it say? What does it mean? And now, how can I apply it? And then post it to Instagram, okay? That's like an an unwritten thing, okay? Study guidelines. Take a look at that. Study guidelines. The first thing I would tell you is this. Well, first I'll tell you I love you. Is that good? It's a good start because you're all going to look at me real weird when I say this next part. That paragraph that starts out with those two bold words. What are those two bold words? Read them out loud. Avoid commentaries. Oh, I know. I, lo- I told you I loved you first. Um, what is a commentary? A commentary is a sermon, a podcast, a blog, all the things. Basically, a, a commentary. If I'm a commentary, right? When I get up here every week after you've gone to small group, I'm giving you a commentary. I'm giving you my interpretation of what we studied. It's an opinion, Okay, commentaries are man's um, dissection of scripture and what it means and how you should apply it and all those things. They're not bad, but what we're trying to do here is what? What does it say? What does it mean? How should it change me? We're, We're trying to answer those questions. We're not trying to ask someone else to answer the question for us. 
So I would lovingly suggest slash tell you, avoid commentaries. And so you know what that means? Like I had to break up with my big favorite smart person Bible. Just like it was hard. We, it was a tough breakup, but we're, we're doing okay now. But I had to go buy me a little skinny little Bible that has no notes in the bottom. Does anybody have a study Bible or life application or, yeah, they're awesome, right? All of it is commentary. All of those notes on the bottom half are man's opinion of what it says. And so I would challenge you all to go to Lifeway, go find a coupon and buy yourself a $10 ESV Bible to do this Bible study. And I think you will be amazed at what God shows you if you avoid reading the commentary. What is it? Somebody said $16.99. Is that what it really is? Okay. I lied a little bit in church just now. $16.99. Hey, we can do that. We can do that. Um, ESV, English Standard Version, that's the Bible translation that I use when I write it. It's the translation that we use at Rock Point when Ron preaches. Um, and so what we're going to, what I would suggest, you, if you have an NIV or something you really love, go ahead and stay with it. It's fine. But just know as you go through the, through the lessons, there are going to be times when I'm real specific. I'll be like, fill in the blank or um, what word did you find? And I'm talking about ESV. Okay. It's okay if you have NIV, but I would do this. I would get a Bible app on your phone. That Holy Bible app is just like the best, right? Because you can real easily change into different translations. Um, Bible Gateway, Biblia.com, all these cool Bible.org. I mean, you can go online. And in the, like, I love Bible Gateway because I like set it up in columns. So it's like I have ESV here. I have the message here. I have New Living here. I have NIV. And it's, it's all of the different versions. So there's a lot of really fast, easy ways for you to do that. But just know that I'll be teaching from the ESV, okay? So don't be wigged out if it's a little different than your NIV. Okay, let me see here. Um, oh, oh, this is important. There will be times when I read, when you read, okay, th this is you talking. There will be times when I read and reread, and we can also mark in if you want to mark in, and reread and reread and reread because sometimes you're going to read over and over scripture and you will feel lost and confused. Is everybody excited about that? Sound good? Is that a good promise? It's not a bad thing. Um, one of the things I learned a long time ago, I love Jen Wilkins says this. She says, the beauty of studying God's word is that it gives you opportunity to dwell in the I don't know. If you came to Bible study today and you know everything about Ecclesiastes, I'm so happy for you, but you don't have anything to learn, right? I mean, we all came not really knowing, right? So dwell in that and know that God has plan and purpose in the I don't know and be okay with it. It's cool. There's going to come weeks you're going to come to your small group leaders. You're all welcome. You're, there's going to come weeks you're going to come and you're going to be like, that question I don't know, that question I don't know, that question... There's going to be a bunch that just may have just spun you out. But you know what the beautiful thing about this format is that may be the week that you sit in small group and the girl next to you says something and you're like, oh, that's what that means. That's what God's trying to say. So understand that sometimes the I don't know is a cool place to be, man, because sometimes God's going to show you awesome stuff when you're there. Okay. Dwell in the I don't know. So some of the things you can use, cross-references, dictionaries, the sources. There'll be times when I'll ask you to go to a dictionary or a dictionary app and look up a word. That helps so much. Sometimes we just breeze right through things and it's like if you would have just defined that word, Chris, you might understand a little bit better. So use that. Use those types of things. Books or Bible commentaries. I mean, excuse me. Don't, no. Back up. Don't use those. Y'all are going to be like, but you said. Okay. Other versions of the Bible, um, you'll hear me say a lot. I, I like to read paraphrases. The message is not, and you'll see in the Bible study, I call it a version, not a translation, because some people get weird about that. Like the message is not, it's not a word-for-word -word translation. It's a paraphrase. Um, the New Living or the Living, that's like a paraphrase. So it's like modern language. So sometimes you're going to read passages that guys well, I'm speaking for myself, that would blow my mind a little bit. And I'd be like, oh, I need the message. Dumb it down. Or child's, children's Bibles. I mean, like, 
use those different versions to try to help you understand maybe the context of what you're reading. Okay? Use different versions. But ESV is where I'm going to be teaching from. Do know this. You can do this. You can do it. You can do it. You got it? You don't need to rely on the opinion of other people's or commentaries. You, you can do this. So trust me. Okay? Trust me. All right. Class format. This is what I'm going to say briefly, and then we're going to move right into a little video and some introduction about the book of Ecclesiastes. Our class format is going to look like this. I kind of mentioned it before. Every week, you're going to go home, and you're going to have homework to do. Okay, so this week, if you'll flip over a couple pages and look at 2-1, page 2-1, you see lesson two, the preacher. When you leave here today, you're going to go home and work on this. Now flip through a little bit, you can see I break it out by five days. Hey, guess what? That gives you two days off. You're already ahead. How about that? I like to have homework broken out. You can do it any way you want. You can do it in one sitting. You can break it into seven days, whatever you want to do but I break it out into five days to make it a little more manageable, okay? So you'll leave, do that homework, then you'll come back next week. You'll go to your small group. Your small group discussion will consist of not all the questions. Your small group leader has designated questions that we're going to pray over and decide on that you guys are going to attempt to discuss in your group, okay? So go home and do that homework, come to class, then we discuss um, one thing I want to tell you about the way we do Bible study here, if you didn't get your homework done, come anyway, okay? We want you here. If you didn't get your homework done three weeks in a row, come anyway. Come to your small group. Sit in discussion. We do ask you this. We ask if you didn't answer your homework at home, we ask you to refrain from sharing in the middle of the discussion because there are ladies that worked real hard on their homework that week. As you guys know, it's hard sometimes to find that time. And so we want to make sure that we allow time for those who've written answers in to, to share. Also, and this is something when you have people that talk a lot and that are in groups that talk a lot, that's me, I'm like that. It's important for me to remember to go by what I wrote. Otherwise, I'll just go off on some random tangent and my leader will be over there again on the floor rocking back and forth, right? Um, and so it's important for you to try to stay with what you wrote because while you were doing your, your homework, hopefully the Holy Spirit was inspiring you and that was um, something that maybe needs to be shared. And remember this, I want to encourage you. I know there's a lot of people that may not feel confident sometimes. They want to feel like they're right. Where's Jessica? No. <laughs> We've had these discussions, right? Sometimes you feel like there's a right or wrong. Oftentimes there's not a right or wrong. Oftentimes it's a, what did you think? What did you read there? What did you interpret? How did you feel about that? And you may have a different opinion than the girl next to you. And that's awesome because you know what? Maybe you were supposed to hear what she said. Maybe she's supposed to hear what you said. So even if you feel a little uncertain about sharing, don't feel the pressure to be right. Just know that maybe, maybe what you wrote is exactly what she needs to hear today. And if you have the courage to speak up, that might be life-changing. I've been there. I've had women in my group that have changed my life from one answer that they chose to share on one day of small group. So just remember that. Sometimes you're answering, you get all nervous, it may not be for you. Um, large group time. That's going to be, we're going to dismiss from the small groups. Your small group leaders will tell you about the timing. We'll allow time for you guys to go to the bathroom, come in here, chill for a few minutes, hang out, talk. And then we're going to start. And this is what I'm so excited about. Did anybody in here do Psalms a year so ago? A year, a little bit. Of, okay. Do you remember what we started each week with Psalms? We had a story. And it was, it was like stories where people would get up and share this sweet, precious part of their lives and what God showed them and what God revealed to them. We're going to do something very similar this semester. And so we're really excited. Y'all can start praying right now for those precious souls that are choosing to come up here and share with you what in their lives that they were chasing like smoke. Um, like we're going to hear from Solomon, so much of what we encounter in our lives are like chasing smoke. And that's where the title came from. They're going to come share from their heart how they chased smoke and then how coming to understand who Jesus is has transformed the way they operate their lives, the way they look for meaning and satisfaction. And so that is going to be, you are not, let me tell you, you are not going to want to be late because the doors are going to shut. 
because we're not going to let people walk in when someone's up here sharing her heartfelt story, okay? So get in here and be ready because it's going to be beautiful. So each large group time will start with a story, and then I'll talk and have my lecture part where I basically cover the same passage you covered in homework and small group. So you know what that means? You are going to hit these passages three times, three times. You're going to do it in homework. You're going to come discuss it in small group. And then you're going to arrive in large group and you're going to hear a different perspective, a different thought that's going to continue to confirm what God's trying to show you about who he is. Isn't that cool? I mean, for me, I probably need six or seven more times. But it's all we have time for is three. So that is what large group is going to look like. Any questions before we move on? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. All right, here's what I'm going to have you do right now. Turn the next page, and you'll see lesson one. And that's where we are now. And so before I get started, I've got some notes and some things I'm going to share about background. But I wanted to show you a video that does a really good job of explaining a lot of the details of what we're about to walk into with Ecclesiastes and King Solomon. And so Cody is going to cue that up for us. And then after we're done with that... I'll share with you a little bit before we dismiss. Nobody left. That is great news. <laughs> Don't be discouraged. It's actually kind of awesome. And I think you're going to find it as well. In the back of your book, that image that you saw on the screen in the back of the book, I included that, a printed version of it if you want to refer back to it and weep over it or I don't know, whatever. Um, and then we can also give you the link to that video, which is fabulous. I think does a great job of explaining kind of where we're coming from and where we're going with Ecclesiastes. Um, go ahead, though, and turn now. I think I had you turn to page 1-1. That's going to be lesson one. And we're going to go over a little bit of background. I got a little tiny bit of time. We're going to move quickly um, through this. And also do this. Open your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes. I say this all the time. If you've got a table of contents in the front, girls, use it. It is there for a reason. A technical writer spent a lot of time doing that. Use it. We are in the Old Testament. And those of you that haven't studied God's word before know this. The Old Testament is like hundreds of years before Jesus comes on the scene. Okay, so what's so cool about the Old Testament, and I get really geeky about it, is that even though... Jesus, the person, the man who came down and hung out in our neighborhood in the New Testament, hasn't made his arrival on the scene yet. He's in every word of the Old Testament. Every word is pointing to Jesus. So that's what's going to be cool is to see how this book that we just heard described is going to unfold and show us Jesus. So we're going to take a look at that first question. Who wrote Ecclesiastes? I think we have a screen. Yes. As they said in the video, there's a lot of different opinions. I'm going to give you um, my opinion, and I'm going to tell you where we're going to come from. Kohalath is um, that word that he shared at the beginning, and that word means the teacher or the preacher in some translations. It's a title for an official speaker who calls an assembly. That's what that word is. And in fact, if you want to go back and look it up, 1 Kings 8.1, you actually see that happening. Um, and that's what that word means. The Greek for that word, where you got the word Ecclesiastes in your Bible, is the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, okay? And then the New Testament was written mostly in Greek. And so what they've done is they translate that Hebrew into Greek. And then a lot of what we get comes from the Greek. So the word Ecclesiastes actually comes from the Greek root for that same word, Kohalath, Okay. It was the one who speaks to congregation and a preacher. Now, he mentioned, okay, so this gets a little confusing. It's confusing for me, too. Okay, so he mentions how in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's kind of two voices. Here's the deal. In the first chapter and the last chapter, okay, you basically hear from a narrator, Okay, it's a dude talking in the third person. He's kind of like starts talking about the preacher and says, the preacher says this and he says this. So he's, he's kind of the narrator. Some people believe that the author, that narrator guy, is different than the actual preacher who gives us all the wisdom in the book. Okay, some people believe it's the same person. He's just setting it up in a narrative. Um, I, I kind of fall into the line of believing it's one person speaking. Um, and I believe that it's King Solomon based on what I've studied and what I know. And here's why. King Solomon. 
If you look back, there's several reasons why that seems to make the most sense. King Solomon, number one, all the titles fit. In the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll see several times where actually um, the author will say, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, and then later king over Israel in Jerusalem. That's Solomon. That's not arguable. People will not argue with you on that point. The reason why there's some people in later centuries, really the 18th and 19th centuries is really the only time people began to question the authorship of, the, of this book, was because they started wondering if maybe it was a, quote, second Solomon. Maybe it was some sort of authoritative figure or a king-type person later that, that writes kind of from a, from, a, from a sort of autobiographical way and kind of takes from Solomon's life and history. Uh, seems, seems more like a stretch for me. So when I wrote this, I wrote from the perspective of understanding that King Solomon was your author. So number one reason is because the titles fit in the book of Ecclesiastes. They're very clear. Number two, the preacher who's sharing all his wisdom here is wise and wealthy. Solomon's life experiences parallel what we're going to hear about and learn about in the book of Ecclesiastes. To the point where, I mean, you're going to know in lesson two, you're going to do a little comparison. You're going to see that it's really hard to imagine that it would be someone besides Solomon. Thirdly, he had a role. And his role in this was he says, I've written many proverbs and I've taught much knowledge. Solomon is known to be the wisest man who ever lived. And what you're going to learn this week is he asked God specifically for that gift and God granted it to him. And so we know that, wa that he is a wise teacher and he wrote Proverbs. And so when we see him refer to it in Ecclesiastes, it makes sense. And the last thing is, is the fourth reason why um, I believe that Solomon's the one who wrote it. After Solomon's reign, he was the king over um, God's people. Okay, God's kingdom, we call it Israel. After Solomon's reign, the kingdom divides into two parts. And you know what that means? There's no more kings over a united kingdom. Now there's like a king over Judah and there's a king over, over um, Israel. It's all separate, okay? And so he's the last king over the united kingdom. And so whenever we hear that another king, a later king, possibly during the Babylon exile, wrote Ecclesiastes, it's a little questionable because he wouldn't necessarily have been a king in the, son of, in the line of son of David, a king over Israel and Jerusalem. Okay, so King Solomon, assuming that he is the author, when was it written? When was it written? It had to be no later than 931 BC. It's believed that this was written late in his life, and I think you'll find that as well, that it's a lot of looking back, right? Anybody um, looking back at their life thinking, oh man, I have so much I want to tell my kids, the next generation, the young people that I mentor. Old, I, I, old Chris wants to go back and talk to young Chris, right? Don't you want to go back in time sometimes and go, oh, if I could have told you this. This is what our author's doing. He's gone back in time. The beauty is that he's writing it almost from a memoir um, standpoint. So he probably has wandered from God, fallen into a tragic sin situation, which we'll talk about in lesson two next week. He repented, turned back, and he's sharing his experience. How valuable is that, right? You're going to learn, we're going to talk about it um, in coming weeks, that, that so much wisdom comes from our experiences, but it also comes from learning from those who have experienced things outside of us. And that's what Solomon does for us. He shares his experience. So 931 BC is probably when it was written. To whom was it written? To whom was it written? Um, it was written, we think, by looking at the language and some of the things that he shares, it's probably written to young people or future generations of his kingdom, specifically. But here's the cool thing. This is what I love about this book. It was not exclusive. It was not written to the exclusion of others, meaning a lot of times you'll read um, something, when you do the background, you find out that it was really intended for the Jewish people. It was really intended for the Roman citizens. It was really intended for this certain person. Now, we can always glean knowledge and valuable information from those things, but it's good to know who it was written to. He wrote it to future generations of his kingdom, but was not exclusive here. In fact, John MacArthur says it this way, this book is applicable to all who would listen and benefit, not so much from Solomon's experiences, 
but from the principles that he drew out as a result. There are going to be moments when we hear him talk about things and we are like big question mark over our head like, what in the world are you talking about? You're not going to relate directly to some of the things he says. I don't think you have concubines. You might. That'd be weird. But he has a lot of them. There's things we're going to learn about him that just seem insane. And we're going to say, why is God having me read this right now in Flower Mound, Texas in Carpool Line, right? There's reasons. There's reasons he's going to use that in your life. It could be, this is another thing that's so cool. He uses language in this book where the way he refers to God, okay, this is cool. Hear me here. If you know um, anything about the study of maybe Old Testament, really, there's a lot of different names that people call God. They all ultimately mean God, the creator, God, our powerful, sovereign God, but they use different names in different contexts. And you know what Solomon uses here in the entire book of Ecclesiastes? He uses the term Elohim, Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M, Elohim, and that means mighty God or the creator or sovereign God. This is what's so crazy. He never once uses the term Jehovah. Jehovah. And now what Jehovah means is Lord, the God of the covenant. And here's why we believe that he only uses Elohim, is that he doesn't want to alienate those who don't know God as their Savior. He doesn't want to alienate those who haven't accepted God as their salvation. He doesn't want to alienate those who aren't under that covenant that we'll learn more about in the coming weeks. He wants every person, believer or not, who doesn't know anything about God or the guy that knows him so well to all understand that this book was written for them. How about that? cool. So this book is written for future generations of his kingdom, but it's also written for anyone who would listen and benefit. That's us. In what style was it written? This book is considered Old Testament wisdom literature. And just for your information, there are actually um, four books that are considered wisdom literature. He wrote three of them. And so one is Job. He did not write Job. He wrote Song of Solomon, which is also called Song of Songs, depending on your Bible. And he wrote Proverbs, and he wrote Ecclesiastes. It's philosophical in nature. It's said that this is the most philosophical book in the entire Bible. It's the thinking man's book. You're reading the thinking man's book. Way to go. Look how smart you are already. It's a narrative. Um, when you read Proverbs, if any, has anybody ever read Proverbs before? It doesn't really read like a, you know, once upon a time, and that, right? It's little pieces of valuable information and little pieces of guiding um, of wisdom that we do kind of cherry pick some of those Proverbs out, right? This is very different. This is written like a journey. It's a narrative. It's not just a collection. It's autobiographical. While he doesn't speak about himself necessarily and say, I did this, I did this, he does say, I experienced this, I've seen this, I know this. He is talking about his life. It's a journey, it's reflective and transitional. And here's the thing to understand. There's going to come moments where we go through some, some difficult scripture, but it's not in conflict with itself. Do you hear what I'm saying? God's word does not conflict itself. Did you know that? God's word is not ever in conflict with itself. So if there's something that we come to that's troubling or difficult, there's going to be an explanation or a parallel somewhere in God's word, and hopefully we'll be able to all go there together and find it. Just so that you know, um, in the Hebrew Bible, this is part of the third division of the Hebrew Bible, and this is just a little fun fact. Um, there's one part of the Bible that's called the five scrolls, and, and Ecclesiastes is one of them. And so when you're reading through it and you're like um, really irritated at me because I've given you a really long passage, I want you to remember this. The five scrolls were written so that, or excuse me, they were read out loud on festivals, synagogue festivals. You know why? Because they're really short. Mm. So Ecclesiastes is considered short. You're welcome. Okay, that wasn't very fun, was it? Okay, the central themes of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to talk about this quickly, and then we are going to wrap up and move on to our small groups. A couple things before I share those themes. I know they're wordy, and I know they're, one of them's on the screen. I want you to hear something. Whenever we study this book, there are going to be words that you hear over and over <laughs> 
and over. What do you think that's about? When he repeats himself over and over and over. We've talked about this before because in the book of Psalms, when we studied Psalms, even when we study Hebrews, right? Like we would see things over and over. We'd be like, enough, man. The point is God is ultimately the author of this thing. And Solomon even attributes it to him in, in, in Ecclesiastes. And so you'll see that. But what you need to understand is if there's something repeated over and over and over and over, God is trying to get your attention. Because he knows about our attention deficits, doesn't he? Doesn't he? He knows that he's got to repeat himself 29 times, 49 times, 17 times so that we will understand something that we didn't get in the first 16 times. There's going to be words you're going to hear. You're going to hear this phrase, vanity of vanities, so many times, 38 times. And that's where that hevel, hevel comes from. The original Hebrew is hevel, hevel. You're going to hear under the sun. You're going to hear that 29 times. You're going to hear prophet 10 times. Nowhere else in the entire Old Testament will you see the word prophet, interestingly. And he's going to talk about it because it means that which is left over. Labor, you're going to hear 23 times. Man or Adam, you're going to hear 49 times. Evil, 31 times. Joy, 17 times. Wisdom, 32 times. And God, 40 times. There's some repetitive, repetitive words happening and we need to take notice, okay? The aim here is that Solomon wants to address life's most challenging questions from believers and non-believers. People that have a Bible and say they believe it and believe that Jesus came and died for their sins and people that don't have a Bible and don't know what this is about and have no clue. Awesome. It's so cool that he writes to everybody. He wants you to remember this. Don't do what I did. Don't do what I did. Learn from what I did. And so I broke it down into three real big giant pieces of information. And here's what they are. Three reasons why um, central themes of Ecclesiastes that we're going to dig into. And the first is this. That all earthly blank. I mean, you could fill in anything. Goals, plans, possessions, your status, your reputation, your health, your beauty, all those things, all those earthly things, when you pursue those as the ends to themselves, they produce emptiness. It's like chasing smoke. When we pursue those as ends in themselves, we find emptiness. And that's the first principle that he is going to teach us through the book of Ecclesiastes. The second is this. We all have the same fate. Death and subsequent judgment by God. The only fulfilled life is one lived in proper recognition of God and service to him. In Chris' terms, that means, hey guys, guess what? We are all going to die. And we are all going to stand before the throne. And the only way to live while we're here is in recognition of who he is and how we can glorify him. And the third is that we must balance enjoying life within the understanding of divine judgment. We need to balance enjoying life within the understanding of divine judgment. And we all hate that word judgment and in this politically correct universe that we live in now, we all just, we wanna avoid that. But here's what that means, guys. All that means is joy only makes sense when you tether it to faith and obedience. You are not going to find true joy unless it is tethered to faith and obedience. The video painted a scary picture, didn't it? Kind of dark. This world is dark. The thing about Ecclesiastes, when I first told Don, we were talking about it because I hadn't written in like over a year. And I'm like, I feel like I need to write again. I need to write again. And she goes, what are you, what are you thinking? What's the Lord telling you? And I'm like, oh, man, I think it's Ecclesiastes. And she's like, I don't know. Are you sure? Like, maybe you, maybe you misheard. <laughs> So we tried to think we misheard for a couple months and it just kept coming up and coming up. And you know, I just, as we walk in this room today, I realize it's all because we need it. 
We need to know that this is what real life is. We all look real pretty. You look real pretty today, by the way. So cute. Y'all look so cute. We all fix up. And we all carry ourselves in a way so that nobody can really see the burden that's in our giant backpack, right? And the hurt and the pain and the struggle and the suffering. But we're all in it. We're all walking around saying, hevel, hevel, it's all hevel. The beauty is Solomon calls it what it is and says, it sure is, man. That's what this life is. But we aren't looking for life here, are we? We're looking for life beyond. In closing, and, you, and then I'm going to dismiss you to your groups, and you're going to run like the wind when you, I mean, walk briskly to your groups. In closing, I want to share two quotes that I read um, that were talking about the book of Ecclesiastes to encourage you. The first is this. Ecclesiastes is a difficult book. The, ne- the next quote, I almost didn't, I may not say this to the evening class. The next quote. We are dealing here, then, with an unsettling book. Good job, guys. But I did, I I joke, but I want you to know this. You know what this book is? It's truth. And you know what Jesus says truth does in John 8? What does he say? Truth will set you free. We're here today to study truth, and it will set us free free. Come back. Don't leave and never come back. He chose you to be here today for a reason. What is it? Come find out. I'm going to pray and close us and then I'm going to dismiss us to our small groups. Real like, well, that's pretty good. I'm pretty good. Okay, let me pray. I'll pray. I'm fine. Okay, let me pray. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for your truth. Thank you that you loved us so much, even though stuff happens, even though circumstances overwhelm us, even though floods come, even though we argue with each other over things that ultimately you're just shaking your head saying, hevel, hevel, it's all hevel. You love us so much that you sent your son as a guy, as a dude, to come live and die for us. And not only did you do that, you left us with your word, inspired by you and your hand and your voice. And God, I pray over all of us that today we start a journey with you, that we look back and go, wow, that was so cool. I got to know him in that 11 weeks. Father, show us where you want to take us. And by that, I mean literally, because we need to go to small group in Jesus' name. Amen.